0: WWE Setting the Stage is a podcast for WWE fans where I recap events, break down storylines and angles, and make predictions about where those storylines and angles are headed. Whether you're just getting into wrestling or a WWE fanatic like me, this show is for you. I will see you ringside. What is up, Illuminati? So we are almost a day removed from the Survivor Series pay-per-view. I have to say, honestly, this pay-per-view actually exceeded... My expectations a tiny bit, but with the terrible build up until last night, uh, you know, maybe that was expected. I'm not sure. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. There are still plenty of things that went down last night that still disappointed me somewhat. And I'll get into that or get into those uh, disappointments as I go through the results and my thoughts. So uh, let's get right down to it. Okay. So, first disappointment that happened straight off the bat, just coincidentally, as we get started on the results, the pre-show match ended up being uh, Damian Priest, the United States Champion, going against Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion. Now, I totally expected the Battle Royal, the 25-man Battle Royal, to be on the pre-show, just like the 18-man Battle Royal was on the pre-show last year. Then I got to thinking, well, maybe because they were making this 25-man battle royal in honor of The Rock's 25th anniversary, how could you put it on the pre-show, no matter how senseless or useless it really was? Uh, And I'll get into that when we get into that match as well. So I was already bothered that this match, Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura, ended up on the pre-show. But it also showed you, it also exposed that there was absolutely no story between these two champions. Nothing. There was nothing. Now I will, I will, I will give it credit uh, somewhat. Damian Priest and Shinsuke actually, in my opinion, made it entertaining. They did. Um, the result was obviously a little bit, uh, I guess, controversial. Which I guess maybe that's really the only way it could have ended because, like I said, there was no story to begin with. So people, even though maybe this was a great wrestling match at the end of the day it, uh, you know if you get down to the really just the the bare whatever to it it was a good wrestling match but i guess because like i said there was no story they had to end it in a dq and shinsuke, shinsuke, shinsuke nakamura ended uh ended up winning by dq and that was because as you remember when damien priest made his return to raw a couple of weeks ago because we hadn't seen him on there in in a long time um, he had developed this new, you know, this new, I guess, I don't want to call it attitude. That's not really what it is. It's like a, it's like a, uh, intensity. Yeah. Intensity is the word I'm looking for. So he developed a new intensity and it's like, you know, when people were trying to, when it's like when people annoy him, he gets really, really intense. And I guess what happened here is when Rick Boogs was at ringside, kept playing his guitar and everything, Damien Priest just started going into that zone. And I guess once he goes in that zone, as you've seen it with his mat with his couple matches with T-Bar and a few other people, he 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 like snaps. He snaps now. He's not like the laid back guy he was when he first showed up on Raw. So now he uh, <laughs> so he takes uh he takes Rick Boogs's, uh guitar, breaks it over his knee, and then he pursue pursue uh, per- uh, proceeds to assault. Rick Boogs about it, uh, Rick Boogs with, uh, a piece of the guitar, which of course brings Shinsuke out, out of the ring. And of course, then he hit Shinsuke with it and that called for the DQ. So again, yeah, I, I, I don't like that this match ended up on the pre-show. And the reason it probably ended up on the pre-show was because there was no story behind it. I mean, these guys didn't even have really any contact before this pay-per-view and, you know, no, I, I don't even know that they even talked about each other on their, uh, on their respected brands, uh, even when they weren't meeting in the ring at all before beforehand. So, I, I guess even though I didn't like the finish, I guess this is really the only way it could have finished because, like I said, it was the only way to make it kind of, I guess, for for good or bad reasons. I guess that made the the ending of this match kind of made it, I guess, able to be talked about. I guess, but I, I still was disappointed. So. So here you go, right off the bat pre-show match. I'm already disappointed. Like I said, I'm very pro superstar. Don't get it twisted. like when these superstars come out and they go to the ring and they do their thing and they do their matches i I am always impressed with their per with their performances i I think sometimes they can take a bad story and yes, they may not be able to to save it necessarily but rest assured they're definitely going to show off their athleticism they're definitely going to try to put on a good match no matter whether people are into it or not into it so i respect the superstars for that that they that they still try to tell a story even though it may not be a good story they still try to they still try to tell a good story in the ring so that's why i'm always pro superstar because uh because i think they still try to do that even when they've been given a a bad hand so to speak so anyway, that was the pre-show match. So Shinsuke Nakamura ended up winning by DQ. So I guess technically that gave SmackDown the one nothing, the one nothing lead already. And you know, while I'm at it, who gives a crap about the brand versus brand at this point? Really, I mean, who gives a crap about it? This brand versus brand is one of the things that is. Uh, I, I like I said, like I've told you in many other episodes, I liked the brand versus brand. When it first happened, back in the ruthless aggression era, when it first happened, it was fine. In fact, I think it served. I think it served a great purpose, actually. And, and and actually, Eric Bischoff being the general manager of Raw and Stephanie McMahon being the general manager of SmackDown made it very interesting. Because you know what they did? They constantly made the brand versus brand a story. They made it a story because Eric Bischoff and Stephanie McMahon totally wanted to outdo each other, and. That made. I'm sorry. It made for interesting television. Whether you really you whether you really enjoyed every story to about it, it was still talked about. It was still talked about, and it was still relevant. But right now, I don't think the brand versus brand is very relevant at this point. So anyway, I, I've, I'll stop going off of my tangent there, and I'll keep going. Okay. Now, having said all that, with the pre pre show match, the match that started the show was the. Uh, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Champion, versus Charlotte Flair, SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, this match, actually, believe it or not, actually had a pretty decent build to it. Now, the thing about it is, I'm going to share my opinion here, and, I, and I'm sure my opinion won't be the same as everybody else's, but this is my opinion. This is a, this is an opinion I was telling some colleagues last night as we were watching the Survivor Series pay per view. I, you know, this this uh, this match got a lot of hype because of quote unquote real life beef. Real-life heat with Becky and Charlotte. I'm going to be honest with you, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. But my personal opinion is, I think this real-time heat that they're talking about, I still think it's a work. I, I think it's a work. I don't know. Now, now, like I said, if they have real-time, if they if they have real-life uh, heat with each other, and you know their friendship has gone south in real life and everything. I feel bad for the ladies. I I feel bad for them big time. But I'll be honest with you. When I was watching this match last night, sometimes, I mean, I, I understand it's not always apparent to the fans, but sometimes it is, depending on how many, rest, how many times wrestlers uh, wrestle each other and stuff. But if you really, really paid attention to that match, regardless of how intense it got, I'm sorry, there were just little signs that, they were protecting each other during the match they were protecting each other when they were doing moves and everything like that and maybe maybe there is still real time heat and maybe just becky and charlotte know how to be professional i don't i don't know i don't know but to me just looking at it for what it's worth just looking at it in plain plain sight and not reading into anything really as far as you know really really analyzing it but just looking at it as far as just what's in front of me I, I, st- I just think the the real time heat might be a work because I feel like you know I feel like if i i i feel if i if I have heat with somebody, I'm probably gonna take it out on them on the in the ring if I'm a wrestler you know i and and there's like that much animosity that has been advertised between these two. I'm sorry maybe I'm gonna do it subtly, but people would probably be able to pick up on what I was doing, but these ladies definitely look like they were protecting each other during the match now. Having said that, this was a phenomenal match. I would say this match was one of the few matches on the card last night that actually approached spectacular. And you could tell because the crowd was into it. The crowd was into the emotion. The crowd was into the match. Um, Now, I know that the ending was a little bit questionable, but a lot of fans were saying and a lot of people were saying who've been reporting on this thing that, you know, the challenge in this match was who was gonna take the L? Who was gonna take the loss, right? And could it really be a clean loss? You know, cause both of these, like I said, both of these ladies are the champions. They're both kind of on a roll, uh, you know, regardless of how you look at it. I mean, as heels. And the thing about it is, that's the other thing. I think the way it ended was to keep Becky sort of as a heel, even though she beat Charlotte, who's a heel. So, you know, it's almost like she had to ha- she had to make the heel move to win the match. So as we know, Becky Lynch won the match and she w- rolled it up. You know, Charlotte rolled her-, her up first, grabbed the ropes, the referee caught her, and then Becky did the exact same thing. And the referee just happened to be in a different position, and Becky got the three count, and the ref didn't see her grab the rope. So the way it ended, I think, to be honest with you was actually perfect for the story. I think it was perfect. People might not have liked the ending the way it went down, but I I think it was perfect for the story. That's what I think. So um, so anyway, like I said, maybe I haven't given good enough reasons for you guys. I don't know, but I still just think, just based on what I'm seeing in front of me, is I think this whole real-time heat with Becky and Charlotte was a work. And you know what, bravo to them. I will give them a round of applause because you know what they had us hooked into the match, and that's that's the name of the game. You got to hook people into your match, and I believe the the crowd was very well invested in that match. And I believe it started. I believe, to be honest with you, it started out the show pretty strong. So, like I said, Becky wins with a controversial pinfall, and uh, and actually that technically ties it one one because even though I don't. Give a crap about the brand versus brand. I'm still going to give you the score as we go. So, so that um, that's what happened in the Becky versus uh, uh, Charlotte match. Now, I think I picked. Well, I picked no contest, and to be honest with you, that's another thing I'm thinking about as I'm going through these things. I, I know I gave you picks in the last preview, and I'm I was probably wrong on most of them. Uh, and to be honest with you, I got I got to be completely transparent. When I was making those picks, I was kind of just you know, flipping a coin, something like that. Because to be honest with you, like I said, with the whole brand versus brand and what it means today, it, it just, it, I don't think it matters how any of these matches turned out as far as going forward. And like I said, as I've said before, I'm disappointed in what Survivor Series has become. What did I call it? It has become now an insignificant brand versus brand invitational. That's all. It's that's all it has become, and that that saddens me. And I want to see Survivor Series go back to one of the prominent four. That's really what I want to see. So anyway, I know I'm going off on a tangent every time I go through a match. So anyway, all right. So it's a good thing we had that strong match to open up the the show because now we get to Team Raw. The so we get to the men's match where t- Team Raw is going against Team SmackDown. All right. Before I go into all these things here, I feel like this. <laughs> This match was, uh, this match made me shake my head because when the match was finished, I realized that that three out of the 10 competitors were eliminated by countout. Three. Three superstars were eliminated by countout. Two of them, of course, eliminated each other, but then one just, you know, walked out. And I'll be honest with you, maybe the one that, that first started was probably the most impactful one, but... Uh, but let, let's get started on what happened. So we had Team Raw versus Team SmackDown for the men. So we start out, they're all out there, and Kevin Owens is in there, he's, you know, he seems like he's getting all ready and geared up to go and everything like that, and then all of a sudden, he just gets, he just slides out, he walks into the rope, he walks up the ramp, and he just walks out on his team, and he gets counted out by count out. Now, my first reaction was, I said, you know, with him doing that all in the ring and stuff, I said, "All right, something's up. He's going to do something. Either he's going to turn on his team, number one, or he's, or he's going to get, or he's going to get fat. He's going to get eliminated fast. Like he's going to be the very first one eliminated." So I was kind of half right. <laughs> he was the very first one eliminated, but um, but I didn't I didn't predict what he was about to do. So so when he went up and did that, originally I was going to you know be disappointed and everything like that. But to be honest with you, it's not like I thought it was spectacular either, but I was like, okay, that's different. He just walks out of the match, which of course makes it, you know, feed into him being a heel and being somebody that the crowd doesn't like and everything. And I know there's some people out there saying, well, he walked out because um, you know he's been unhappy in WWE and he's trying to go elsewhere, whether that's Impact or AEW. Let me let me tell the fans something real quick, real quick. Because I, I, one of my colleagues addressed that. Let me let me say this real quick. I feel like most wrestlers, and and I would think Kevin Owens would fall into this category. I, to be quite honest, no matter how unhappy you are somewhere, I feel like you're still going to be professional. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to do what's asked of you, whether you like it or you don't. Because at the end of the day. If you know, and I'll be honest with you, I know I'm not a wrestler, but this kind of similarly, I get in a similar fashion happened to me, at one of my, uh, one of my jobs in the in the in the past or whatever. But if if you know, I mean, because because here, here's the thing: if he doesn't want to stay there, he just doesn't sign his next contract. That's all he just does. He just lets his contract run out, and he's gone. Okay. So in the meantime. Regardless of how you guys out there feel about WWE or AEW, Impact Wrestling, this is still these guys' job, okay? So regardless of whether you, we as fans, like WWE or Impact or or, or AEW, I'm sure Kevin Owens, as an employee of one of those organizations, he probably doesn't want to burn bridges. You know what I mean? Because you never know. WWE could step up its game later on, you know, and then we have, you know, two or three good wrestling companies out there and I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, as great as AEW is doing right now, they're not going to be able to sign everybody. I mean, they're not going to be able to sign everybody. Let's just, let's just get that realistically in your heads. They're not, everybody that's decent from WWE and that goes to AEW Tony Khan is a, is eventually not going to be able to sign people if he just keeps signing people at the rate he's signing them, okay? And, and that's not me hating on AEW. It's not. I actually really enjoy AEW. I've said on numerous occasions that I love what they're doing down there. I love what they're doing, and I hope they continue the success because, to be quite honest with you, if they continue their success, it's, ev- it's eventually going to light a fire under WWE, and then WWE is probably going to start trying to – Match them in intensity and entertainment and stuff, and and that's what we want as wrestling fans. We want multiple wrestling companies to watch. We don't don't just one to watch, and all the rest of them are crummy and suck, and and eventually maybe go under. I mean, look what happened when WWE was the only wrestling company in town, right? And even those of you that love WWE, <laughs> and, and I would I would partially put myself in that put myself in that uh in that category. It got boring after a while. When they were the only company that was in town, right? You couldn't watch another option when you wanted to watch another option. You know, just to kinda just break the monotony a little bit. So, and I'm sure eventually WWE picked up on that too. Why do you think they made the brand extension? They made the brand extension so they could theoretically make Raw a little bit different than SmackDown and vice versa. So, anyway. But, back to what, back to my, what my point is. I don't think Kevin Owens walked out on this match without WWE management uh, knowing about it. I think that was probably a scripted way of doing it. So I, I don't know. I You know, I <laughs> it's it's interesting. I, I'll be honest with you. It's creative what some of the fans come up with, but I don't think he walked out of the match on his own. I'm sure he discussed it with creative. And whether you like what happened last night or you don't, I, like I said, I wasn't crazy about him walking out on the match, but – I did think it was a little different because, like I said, I didn't see it coming. So, I don't know. That was interesting. That was interesting to me. So, we'll have to see how that plays out. And see, here's the thing. Here, Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the hook. The hook is, does he explain himself on Raw? Does he explain himself and say, why did he walk out on the match? Why did he do that? You know, see, it's going to, whether you like it or not and whether you want to admit it or not, Some of y'all are gonna tune into Raw, and you're gonna try to find out why did Kevin Owens walk out on the match. You you guys are gonna wanna know his explanation. So, there you go. So anyway, (laughs) enough of that. All right, so like I said, Kevin Owens eliminated by count out when he walked out. Happy Corbin was eliminated first. Uh, That probably wasn't a very big surprise to most people, I'll be honest. Uh, Xavier Woods is eliminated. So, I find it kind of upsetting that Xavier Woods was one of the first eliminated. Um, especially yeah, he would I mean he was like he was the, one of the first two eliminated out of SmackDown. And I the reason I didn't like this is because again, he's King of the Ring and you've just again devalued the King of the Ring. Like I'm not saying Xavier Woods had to be the sole survivor, but I would have said, Hey, you know, let him take on Seth Rollins for the end instead of Jeff Hardy. No, no disrespect to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is a great wrestler. I, I I am a big fan of Jeff Hardy. But let's face it, Jeff Hardy is at the end of his career. And Xavier Woods, yes, I know he's been around in a lot of other promotions and everything, but he hasn't been in WWE as long as Jeff Hardy has been, okay? And he's not quite as established as, w, as Jeff Hardy is in WWE. Jeff Hardy has won just about every t- title you can win in WWE. So... I mean, Jeff Hardy's going to be a hall of famer. Let's face it. Um, so I would have done it a little differently to where, uh, maybe let Xavier Woods be one of the last eliminated. I'm not saying he had to win the whole thing. Like, I think it still made sense that Seth Rollins won the whole thing because he's the number one contender for the WWE championship. But I would have had Xavier Woods eliminated a little bit later, especially if you, you know, want to bring value to that King of the Ring title. But, you know, hey, maybe WWE doesn't care about the King of the Ring. I mean, heck, they had him lo- they had Xavier Woods lose the crown to Roman Reigns last week on SmackDown. Uh, you know, the last, not, not this past Friday, but the last Friday. And then, you know, they, uh, like I said, they had him eliminated second on the Team SmackDown, third overall. So maybe they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they don't care. Maybe King of the Ring just doesn't mean what it used to mean. All right, so... So now I, I I was okay who he was eliminated by though, I mean Bobby Lashley eliminating him that's not a that's not a that's not a too bad. Uh, Bobby Lashley is obviously very powerful, very powerful wrestling so powerful wrestler so maybe it didn't necessarily make Xavier look weak necessarily because he did lose to a very prominent wrestler but I don't know I I, I just don't know. Well anyway the next one so the next two countouts were Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and I'll tell you this. When those two were fighting in the ring, and they ended up on the outside of the ring and fighting, but I knew exactly what was going to happen. I knew. I, I even said it to the people in the chat that I was talking about talking with during the pay per view last night. I said they're both going to be counted out. I said that's what's going to happen. They're both going to be counted out, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I mean, it was too predictable. You knew. <laughs> I mean, because who who is going to eliminate Bobby Lashley? And Drew McIntyre in that match, who is going to eliminate the two of them? They should have probably been the two fighting for the for the uh, sole survivor. To be quite honest, no disrespect to Seth Rollins, but those two should have been fighting for the sole survivor. So they got eliminated by count out. Then Finn Balor was eliminated by Sheamus. Uh, I, I feel bad for Finn Balor a little bit because I feel like he's gotten lost in the shuffle. I explained that a couple episodes back, where it just seems like he's just, you know, he's just doing stuff. It's almost like he's. I, I don't want to call him a jobber. I really don't, um, but he's definitely a mid-carder at this point. It doesn't seem like he's. It doesn't seem like he's a main eventer at this point. Um, and and it's sad because I think Finn Balor is pretty talented. And I don't know. I just think maybe he deserves a little bit better than what he got, especially since he was the first ever Universal Champion. And he and the only reason he had to give up the title was because he had an injury. <laughs> you know. So, you know, just my opinion. Like I said, just my opinion. Um, and right after Seamus eliminated Finn Bauer, then Seamus was eliminated by Austin theory. Now this was okay to me because Austin theory is that upcoming star. And I think they need to push upcoming stars. And this might've been a good thing for Austin theory. I think this might've been. And like I said, Seamus, him losing to Austin theory, it's not going to hurt him. It's not going to hurt him. He's been a WWE champion. He's been intercontinental champion. He's been a US champion. he's been a tag champion. He's been everything. So Seamus, can afford at this point in his career to build new stars. He can do it. I mean, he's already established pretty much a lot of people know who he is. I mean, it's not like people you're saying Seamus and people are like who, you know, it's not, it's not happening. So, um, so I was actually with okay with Austin theory, eliminating Seamus. That was okay. Um, I think, I think this should have been reversed again. Uh, I know some of you Jeff Hardy fans are not going to like me for saying this, but again, I'm a Jeff Hardy fan. I like Jeff Hardy. And I rooted for Jeff Hardy all throughout his career. I have rooted for him all throughout his career. But again, think about where he is in his career and think about where Austin Theory is in his career. Just think, that's all I'm asking you to think about. That's all I am. Austin Theory was eliminated by Jeff Hardy. I think it should have been reversed. I think they should have kept the thing about Austin Theory going through some older superstars and kind of rising him a little bit, especially especially if WWE believes in him, you know? Have him do that. Um, Now, I know probably the reason this didn't happen was because if Austin Theory had eliminated Jeff Hardy, then that would have meant that Seth Rollins and Austin Theory would have both been sole survivors on Raw, because that would have eliminated SmackDown had Jeff Hardy been eliminated. So uh, the other thing that happened, obviously, that didn't help matters, was obviously Sheamus continued his heel uh, persona by turning on Jeff Hardy (laughs) after he was eliminated. Uh, so we know that Sheamus is going to continue to be a heel. Obviously, uh, almost forgot to mention that is that Sheamus got eliminated and then he acted like he was going to say, Jeff, Hardy, you okay, man? Are you can be all right to do this on his loan. And then he, then he freaking attacked him. So yeah. So we, I think it's safe to say Sheamus is going to remain a heel. Um, so I guess in a way I understand why they had Austin theory be eliminated by Jeff Hardy because they wanted to be, they wanted to be a one-on-one match between Jeff Hardy and Seth Rollins and, you know, and obviously they let Seth Rollins go over on Jeff Hardy. So, uh, so honestly, I wasn't too upset about who was the sole survivor. I, I think maybe that was appropriate, that Team Raw won this match and Seth Rollins was the sole survivor because, like I said, he is the number one contender for the WWE Championship, and I think they want to continue his build a little bit and make that match between Big E, whenever it happens, much more, I guess, impactful, I guess. So, Cause it wouldn't make him look a little weak if he was like one of the first eliminated or whether he was, you know, eliminated at all, to be honest. So I understand that. All right. So if you're keeping score, it's now two to one raw. All right. So the next one was the 25 man battle Royal match, uh, in honor of the 25th anniversary of, uh, the rock and his debut at the 96 survivor series. Uh, Before I start on this match, let me address something that was going on all throughout the night. I'm just going to go ahead and address it because there were many, you know, videos backstage for this thing. So Vince McMahon shows up, right? And he has the... Now, personally, I have not seen the Red Notice movie with him and Ryan Reynolds. But I hear that this is the egg, the egg that... uh, Vince McMahon showed all the superstars when he got out of the limo. This is the egg from that movie. Okay. So obviously this is a little product placement, um, for red notice. And, uh, and obviously it was done to promote the, promote the rocks movie. So, but, um, you know, all throughout the night, you know, the Vince McMahon is holding this egg and he's, you know, he calls it the hundred million dollar egg and, you know, he shows it to Roman. He, um, he he's he calls uh Adam Pierce and uh Sonya Deville in his office and at that point the egg's missing and and then we are speculating who stole the egg. Um also uh they're they're throwing all the hints all throughout the night. I mean they're doing different things from the rock. I mean you had Sasha Banks use a use a uh use a rock line on freaking Shotzi. You saw some superstars you've some moves that were The Rock's. Uh, you, I mean, all in all The Rock's videos that they were showing in tribute to The Rock and everything. So everybody was believing that The Rock was going to show up in some kind of capacity. Now, obviously, that didn't happen. The Rock did not show up last night, as many of y'all know. So I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying that, because I've seen it all over the internet. Everybody's disappointed. Now, I'll be honest with you. It would have been cool to see The Rock show up in whatever capacity it would have been. But to be honest with you, I would have loved it if they had done like a swerve and then it was not The Rock but somebody else. And I'll get to that in a minute. I'm not gonna talk about that for a little bit. So back to the egg thing. So apparently... <laughs> And I was just shaking my head. Apparently, I was hoping the egg thing was gonna get resolved at Survivor Series last night, which of course was another disappointment uh, that I had in the Survivor Series. But instead, they're gonna continue the egg thief story on Raw. And they're gonna have all the superstars from Raw and SmackDown there, and Vince McMahon has vowed to get to the bottom of who stole his egg. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I don't know where they're going to go with that I mean I have a few theories and I'll get into it in a minute What I think the theories are going to be But um, But like I said it will come later because I have Some things I want to set up before I segue into That of what I think Alright so like I said back to it we get to the 25 man battle royal Now honestly I am not a big fan of these battle royals If you like them great More power to you awesome I don't really like them unless they mean something now. And now I'm okay with the one that they were having at WrestleMania. What was the Andre the giant battle Royal? That was okay because at least you were winning a trophy. You know, you were winning some kind of trophy. If you, uh, if you won the 25 man battle Royal or, or whatever, how many superstars were in it. Um, this one didn't really have anything to win. Okay. Um, and again, like a, was talking about last week. They had, or you know, last episode. I was talking about you know they had an 18 man battle royal for Survivor Series last year, and you know I I doubt I mean, maybe some of y'all could, but I doubt any of y'all could have told me without looking it up who won that match. I I had to look it up. I'll be honest with you. I had to look it up. I had totally forgotten, and I would and I and I reported it on one of my episodes last year, <laughs> and I still forgot. You know, because it didn't mean anything. Now the other thing that made me mad about this battle royal and I was telling some of my colleagues in the chat about this last night, was if you went through the, you could honestly say that more than half of this roster that was on this battle royal was part of a tag team. So that told me automatically that, you know, and and I've heard various reports and I don't know if they're true. In fact, I read one, I think today, um, that Vince McMahon isn't a, isn't a, isn't a fan of tag division isn't a fan of the tag division well it definitely should if that's true if that i'm not i don't know if that's true or not but if that's true that definitely was apparent in the 25 man battle royal last night because i went through that list there were at least seven or eight tag teams in that match both members were in that match seven or eight tag teams okay maybe even more if you want to put some of them together like i didn't even count really uh Commander Aziz and Apollo Cruz, but technically they could be a tag team. Honestly, um, couple other you you could either put Jinder Mahal and Mansoor uh, together since they since they came from the same faction, really, and you know and those are just two that I didn't put together. I mean, and you know Shanky was in there too, so I guess that's a three. That's a that's the whole the whole gang was in there. But still, even not counting those two teams I just mentioned, there were still seven tag teams in that matchup. Tag together regularly right <laughs> so my my thought was is that this is what I brought up to the to the uh, to the fellows that I was chatting in the chat with last night uh, that we have almost every other pay, almost every pay-per-view is that they could have taken this 25 man battle royal and easily made like a tag team tornado tag team turmoil match for something I mean they could have made it for a number one contender and whoever team whatever team won from whatever brand they ha- they'd be the number one contenders for the tag team titles or it could just be tag supremacy you know not not just for the you know i know they had a match between the tag champions but you could say you put about seven or eight tag teams you know maybe four from each brand put them in a tornado tag team match and uh and decided who was you know then you could say really the tag division got a lot of you know got a lot of exposure last night but that tag Tornado, ta- The Tornado Tag Team match, I feel like, would have been better than the 25-man Battle Royal. I, I'm sorry, that I, that's what I think. Like I said, if you like Battle Royals, by all means, more power to you. I'm not crazy about Battle Royals in this situation. I think, I think these superstars could have been utilized better. I really do. So anyway, having said that, when you saw who ended the match, I mean, was there really any doubt who was gonna win this match? Okay, now I will say this. I thought AJ was going to win the match. I didn't make the official uh, prediction last uh, <clears throat> last episode because I don't think I knew who was in the match, so I didn't make a pick, I don't think. But I think I picked AJ, and I thought AJ was going to win the match because I thought he was a logical choice. But Omos was in it, and did anybody see Omos losing that match? Really? I mean, I don't even think. I mean, he's he's like the biggest superstar I've ever seen. And I, I, he's even bigger than the big show. I mean, (laughs) I mean, he is huge. I I don't, I, maybe that's why I'm thinking maybe that's why big show left. He was never going to be the biggest athlete in the WWE anymore because no disrespect to him. I love the big show, but he wasn't the biggest athlete.